Before we get to the show, if you want to listen ad-free, go to gzmshows.com slash subscribers. That's gzmshows.com slash subscribers. Hello, everyone. This is Bebop Robomogo Wanatron reporting in for episode three of season three of Bebop Tales. Now, this is unusual for me, but I feel like I have to address something at the very beginning of this episode. I'm usually up here joking around, pulling pranks, singing, but this time I need to get serious, controversial even. Last week, at the end of the episode, I sang my usual Bebop Tales song, and I sang it beautifully. In it, I made the artistic decision to rhyme Bebop Tales with tentacles. Now, we received a lot of email about this, again, artistic decision that I made as an artistic artist. One email from listener Lara in Peoria, Illinois said, Bebop, I love your show and I love your singing, but tentacles does not rhyme with tails. Sorry. And Jesse, who's nine from Corpus Christi, Texas, wrote, Bebop, you should have Jonathan buy you a rhyming dictionary because tentacles does not rhyme with Bebop tails. Sorry, love the show. Well, that's a funny way to show it, Jesse. Only one person wrote in to say that they liked the rhyme, Mike from Gainesville, Florida, but he is a grown-up, so we cannot trust his tastes. So, here is my official statement on this controversy. <clears throat> I understand that tentacles does not technically run with bebop tails. It was my intent to exercise my artistic license but I never meant to divide Podcast Planet in this manner. As always, it is my intent to unite the planet, all of Podcast Planet's children, in celebration of me. So please, allow me to say, from the deepest part of my heart, Bebop Tales, Bebop Tales, thank you for all of your enlightening emails, Bebop Tales, Bebop Tales. I promise to ensure my rhyming never fails. Thank you, Podcast Planet, and thank you in advance, Pulitzer Committee, for your award. Okay, now on with the show. <clears throat> Let me do my chant. John Ham Cheeseburger, where are you? Don't you know we have a show to do? I have the voice of an angel bunny. Jonaham, Jonaham, sounds kind of funny. Ah, <laughs> there we go. All right, and now on with the show, Bebop Tales, Season 3, Episode 3, The Alchemist. Bebop crashed through the glass of the aquarium and into the arms of a monster. It was like nothing he'd ever seen before. It was just a mass of writhing tentacles, and every tentacle had teeth, and every tentacle had eyes, and every tooth had eyes. And as Bebop slid down a long tentacle, dodging the teeth and dodging the eyes, he could have sworn 
he saw something that made no sense. What the? Said Bebop. Is that an eye on that eye over there? Who made this thing? I did! Bellowed a voice that echoed off the glass walls of the aquarium. Bebop couldn't see where the voice was coming from and was too occupied trying to keep the teeth on the tentacles from scraping at him as he slipped further and further into the mass of the monster. The eyes of the monster just watched him as he slid down. Bebop could hear the thing floating above his head, but he was too busy trying to stay alive to look for it. Help! cried Bebop. Thing! The little shapeshifter floated down to Bebop. Quickly, help me with some of these teeth. The thing immediately changed into a toothbrush and started swishing against the teeth on the tentacles. No! yelled Bebop. Don't help the teeth. Help me not get sliced by them. But Bebop was now moving too quickly, falling freely into the writhing mass of tentacles, until finally he was plunged into darkness. He knew what was coming next. A giant mouth, open, ready to swallow him up with even more hideous teeth. Fang! Bebop yelled. Tell Dr. Percolator I'm sorry. I'm sorry that I wasn't able to help more and that I wasn't able to stop messing him this time. Tell him. Tell him I... Bebop landed onto the soft, fuzzy hide of the monster. It was dark, the tentacles waving wildly above him, but he was, weirdly, safe. The thing floated down as a ball, lighting up the base of the tentacles in its reds and greens and purples. What just happened? Bebop said, surprised to find himself unswallowed by a giant beast. A shrill whistle sounded, and the tentacles all slumped away from Bebop, and there he was, standing among the piles of tentacles, teeth retracted, eyes shut. The monster was suddenly harmless, and the tentacles, they reminded Bebop of something, but he couldn't quite place it. The thing had turned into a hand with a finger, pointing toward the hole where Bebop had come through the Aquarium's bubble. The hole was already quickly repairing itself, sealing up. Oh, I can't fly, thing, said Bebop. I can't get us up and out of here before that closes. The finger of the thing started jabbing even more, pointing at the hole like it was angry with Bebop. What do you want me to do? I guess we'll have to climb down and try to find another... The thing now had changed into a neon sign that read, Look up, genius. And now Bebop saw that it wasn't pointing at the hole at all, but at something floating down toward them. It looked almost like a stingray, but there was something riding it, or someone. And as it got closer, Bebop felt more and more like he needed to get out of there and fast. You know... I could have sworn I gave this thing a mouth, said a man riding atop the ray as he coasted and hovered just out of Bebop's reach. I mean, I gave him a million teeth, but no mouth. I must have fallen asleep before I finished. Um, I don't mean to be rude, said Bebop. But what are you talking about? Uh, I... 
I just mean that I must be slipping. Getting old. Why wouldn't I give him a mouth? Then he could have swallowed you up and this whole mess would be over. Bebop looked around him. Dozens of strange creatures had begun to creep toward where he stood, slithering and crawling and flopping over the tentacles. You made this thing? said Bebop. Really? Yeah. Why? asked the man, hopping off of the ray and standing atop a mound of tentacles. Uh, I don't know, said Bebop. It seems a little... Disorganized? A little too much, right? The eyes on the eyes? Why does an eye need an eye? Or why does a tooth need an eye, for that matter? I know. You're right. I was messing around, and to be honest, I figured I've tried everything there is under the sun, so I might as well try eyeballs on eyeballs. But, but, I guess it's kind of gross. The man put two fingers in his mouth and whistled. And the creature disappeared. They both landed softly on a small island, floating in the water inside the aquarium. Bebop looked down and saw all kinds of sea creatures swimming through the water. Wait a second, said the man. Don't tell me. You're one of Percolator's creations, aren't you? The man eyed Bebop up and down as though he hadn't really considered what Bebop was until then. Oh, I can see his trademark craftsmanship all over you. I suppose the good doctor has sent you here to convince me to join him in his fight against Messingham, hasn't he? I really don't know, said Bebop. I think that's right. The last thing I knew, I got shot out of a whale and threw your aquarium. He didn't mention you. That figures. He's embarrassed by me. I am the alchemist. He threw his hand in the air and five fish came flying out and diving into the water. Dr. Percolator and I once worked side by side. He made robots with his science, and I used my magic to conjure up the creatures of this realm. Wait a minute. Are you the one they call Tiny? From what I understand, you have encountered many of my creatures. The talking bears, the floating squid, even, I think... The interdimensional worms, said Bebop. That's what the tentacles reminded me of. They looked like Lowly. Yes, Lowly. He was one of my favorites. The man knelt and gazed into the water, where all sorts of majestic animals, the likes of which Bebop had never seen before, glided around. Your doctor. He saw the evil of Messingham well before I did, and he was smart to align his creations against the Baron. For me, it was too late. Messingham had trapped me in here, in his aquarium, where I've been making creatures for him ever since. But now... Oh, now I'm out of ideas. I mean, you saw that weird beast who caught you, and look at this. The alchemist held up what looked like a coffee mug. He raised it up, as though to drink the coffee, when the thing suddenly folded, like pursed lips, and shot coffee into his mouth. Gross, said Bebop. I know, said the alchemist. Who wants a living coffee mug that spits coffee at them? 
the mug spat more coffee, splashing the alchemist in the eye. He whistled again, and the mug was gone. Okay, said Bebop. Maybe I came at a bad time. I'll just be going now. The truth is, I would love to help you, said the alchemist. But that was my final idea. The tentacle beast, that wasn't so bad. No, said the alchemist. I was actually talking about the spitting coffee mug. Oh, yeah, I guess that was pretty bad. The fact is, you're trapped in here now, too, I'm sorry to say. Many years ago, I tried to leave, and Messingham enchanted this place. You can get in here, but look. The hole you came through is already sealed. Nothing, and I mean nothing, can break out. Is that why the monster had so many teeth on its tentacles? Said Bebop. Yes, I thought I might be able to break through, but nothing, no amount of teeth or strength or anything, can break through from the inside. Bebop felt as unconsolable as the alchemist. He looked out through the glass, but didn't see Percolator's whale. He didn't know what to do. If nothing could break out, not even anything the alchemist dreamed up or the thing could turn into... How were they ever going to free themselves? You know what's funny? Said the alchemist. It's like that old riddle, one I'm afraid I've never solved. What goes through a door, but never in or out? A riddle? Said Bebop. I'm the best at riddles. That's wonderful! Said the alchemist. Do you know the answer to this one? Mm, no. Bebop Tales, puzzle with a door, this alchemist guy is kind of a snore. Bebop Tales, Bebop Tales, Bebop Tales. <laughs> Alright, we have a puzzle I need you to solve. Now, I know Jonathan, he puts puzzles into the Alien Adventures of Finn Caspian, and that's because he can't figure them out. In this case, this is from my own life. So I know the answer, and I want to see who is on my puzzle team. If you think you know the answer, email Jonathan at earth at fincaspi.com, and he'll let me know I need to figure out how to get out of the aquarium. Now, I need to thank a few listeners. First of all, I want to thank Linus, who's five, from Auckland, New Zealand. He sent in the whistle sound that I used for the alchemist's whistle, so thanks so much for that, Linus. And then I need to thank artists like Miles, who's six, from Portland, Oregon. Ollie, who is seven, from Durham, North Carolina. Levi, who's eight, from Bluffton, Ohio. Callum, who's five, from New Haven, Connecticut, who said, I'm sending this to Bebop because Bebop runs Bebop Tales. That's right. I run this show. (laughs) Shiloh, who's eight, from Harrisonburg, Virginia. Allie, who's five in Alaska. Gavin from Calgary, Alberta. Eight-year-old Andrew from Black Mountain, North Carolina. He sent me a picture called Bebop Attack. Like that. Milo, who's five and a half from Tbilisi in the Republic of Georgia. Maddie, who's seven from Cookville, Tennessee. Five-year-old Cora. Eleven-year-old Renata Olsen from Perth, Australia. Hi, Renata. It's been a while since we heard from you. And so happy to have your art in my belly. Phoebe, who is five, and Annika, who is seven, 
from Dobbs Ferry, New York, Declan, who is seven, from Austin, Texas, Allison Owen from Dublin, Ireland, and six-year-old Arrow, who I owe an apology to on behalf of Jonathan because he was supposed to read off her art many episodes ago. And I don't know what happened with that guy, but he didn't do it. So Arrow, my sincerest apologies, and I'll make sure Jonathan does 15 push-ups as punishment. Okay? (laughs) All right. Now it's joke time. First up is Nate. Hello, my name is Nate, and I'm eight years old from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, and I have a joke for you. What kind of marshmallows do Marlo kids eat? Marshmallows. <laughs> <laughs> Marshmallows, I love it. All right, up next is Alex. Hi, my name is Alex, and I'm from Seattle, and I'm five, and I have a joke for you. Why did the planet go to outer space? Why? Because he wanted to find his cousin. <laughs> That's right. Every planet needs to find its cousin. All right, thank you so much, Alex, and thank you all for listening. And if you have the answer to the puzzle or you think you figured it out, email earth at fincaspian.com, and we will see you next week. Hi, it's me, Jess. This is a message for all the Six Minutes podcast fans out there. Have you heard? There are new episodes in the Six Minutes feed called The Ivan Dispatch. I won't go into details, but Ivan found something. A box containing audio cassettes recorded decades ago. And it looks like they were recorded by Cyrus. If you're a fan and you're not following the show, you may have missed out. Search for Six Minutes and click the follow button so you never miss an episode. And if you haven't heard Six Minutes yet, what are you waiting for? Search for Six Minutes, start a season one, episode one, and enjoy the most downloaded family audio drama in history.